Welcome to In the Public Interest, a podcast from Wilmer Hale. I'm John Walsh. And I'm Brendan McGuire. John and I are partners at Wilmer Hale, an international law firm that works at the intersection of government, technology, and business. In today's episode, our partner, Alyssa DeCuna, sits down with Rachel Brand, the head of global corporate governance and the chief legal officer at Walmart. In her role, Rachel oversees hundreds of employees in the company's legal, compliance, security, and aviation departments. Before Walmart, Rachel spent more than a decade in government, working for three different administrations, both Democratic and Republican, and serving most recently as the United States Associate Attorney General. She also previously spent time in the private sector, including a stint at Wilmer Hale. Alyssa's practice focuses on government and internal investigations and crisis management assistance. She has represented major corporations and individuals in congressional, white collar, and civil matters, and has extensive experience representing companies facing parallel proceedings, including cross-border investigations, civil and criminal litigation, and state attorney general inquiries. Alyssa speaks with Rachel about her work at Walmart and how her years of experience in government and in the private sector have shaped her as a leader today. This episode is the first in a series of episodes in which we will profile leaders in the legal industry, highlighting how different experiences and paths have led them to where they are today. We hope that this series will be informative both for audience members who are at the start of their careers and for our more experienced audience members who may be interested to learn about diverse facets of the legal world. And with that, we'll turn it over to Alyssa. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm always excited to get a chance to catch up with you, and I'm particularly looking forward to hearing your perspective today on building a career in Washington and beyond. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. So you are currently serving as Walmart's chief legal officer, as well as its executive vice president of global governance and corporate secretary. This is only one of many very impressive positions you've held during your legal career. You were the first woman to serve as the Associate Attorney General for the Department of Justice. You've also held several other very high-profile positions in the federal government, including serving as Associate White House Counsel and the Head of Office of Legal Policy in the George W. Bush administration. And you were appointed by President Obama to serve on the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board, also a really cool opportunity that you had. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that your legal career had also included a stint at Wilmer Hale. So a really cool mix of things, and I'm looking forward to hearing more about some of those experiences today. Yeah, no, I've been really lucky. A lot of fun in my career so far. Very cool. You've been at Walmart for a little over three, three and a half years now, and I was really surprised to learn how broad your portfolio is. This is not a strictly legal role. There's quite a bit of good governance that goes along with this, compliance efforts, as well as a couple of grab bag things, which I found really interesting, and I hope you'll tell us a little bit more about. So tell us a little bit about your role at the company and what surprised you most and what your adjustment has been like over the past few years. Yeah, it is a really interesting job. Part of my job is legal, of course. I'm the chief legal officer and I supervise all the company's lawyers around the world. And even that slice of the job is so much more diverse than I understood when I took the job. If I had known how big the issues were and diverse the job was, I don't know if I would have taken it. It would have been a little scary maybe, but it's so interesting (laughs) when you're running legal operations for a global company. It's just about every issue you can possibly imagine. And then like a lot of other general counsels or chief legal officers, I also supervise compliance. And because our business is very diverse, we have a really wide range of compliance issues ranging from food safety to 
Every company who operates outside the U.S. has anti-corruption and every company's got financial crimes, AML compliance, that sort of thing. But we've got food safety, we've got pharmacy compliance, we've got some other really interesting disciplines that some other companies wouldn't have. And then I supervise the aviation department. That's probably what you meant when you said grab bag. That's what surprised me the most, yes. Yeah, you know what, though? There are a number of other top lawyers for companies who do supervise aviation. I think part of it's someone's got to do it. And there are a number of legal and governance and even tax issues that go along with operating corporate planes. The reason Walmart has a fleet of planes is because we're located in Bentonville, Arkansas, and we've got facilities all around the country, and our operators need to get there efficiently. So Sam Walton, if you read his autobiography, he taught himself to fly the little planes so he could get to his stores in Oklahoma or wherever it was more quickly. And so it's really a very functional part of our business. I also supervise physical security, corporate governance, and created a new vertical in my organization, which is super interesting, which I call digital citizenship. So I took privacy compliance, privacy lawyers, but I also you know, Walmart is increasingly a technology company or a tech-enabled company is probably a better way of saying it. And there are so many issues around emerging technology, whether it's ethical use of AI or you name it. It's adjacent to privacy, but not precisely privacy. And so I have a wonderful leader named Nula O'Connor, who I recruited to run that organization. So it's just a really, really interesting set of issues. Yeah, I have to imagine that there just aren't that many companies that have the physical global footprint that Walmart has, as well as a major tech platform that goes along with that. It's really a dual two-sided business that you have here. So that's got to have a whole mix of interesting challenges that, that goes along with that. Prior to going to Walmart, you had been in Washington for 20 years in and out of the public sector. I have to imagine that must have been a really big transition. What was that like, leaving DC and leaving primarily your government service? Well, I had been in and out of government. Of course, I was at Wilmer Hale. I was at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. I was at another law firm as well. I lived in D.C. for almost 20 years, and it's hard to leave your professional network and all your friends and move somewhere else. So there was that transition, of course. The transition to my role, you know, it's really interesting. Of course, there was a lot to learn. There were so many issues that I had really just never touched before. And some of the experiences I had in government were very good preparation for that because I had been in very big organizations, the federal government before, and I had had experience managing a lot of different stakeholders. So the particular jobs I had in government tended to be quite generalist. So when I headed the Office of Legal Policy, for example, or being Associate AG, you're touching a very wide range of issues. Being comfortable with the fact that you are not an expert in everything you're touching is very applicable to my current job and understanding what to go deep on and what you should just delegate. And in the multiple stakeholders, so if you're in DOJ, you might be dealing with all the other agencies, you might be dealing with Congress and so forth. At a company, I'm dealing with the board, I'm dealing with the CEO, I'm dealing with my colleagues in the company, you're dealing with all the associates, investors. In that way, there are some similarities and having experience with those sort of functional, if not substantive aspects of the role was really helpful. I can imagine that. I think as I was reflecting on some of your experiences, it occurred to me that one of the common threads that winds its way through many of these roles that you've had is that you have spent a lot of time advising principals from the president to the attorney general to CEOs and helping them make very hard decisions by giving them a range of options to choose from and helping them think through the risks and rewards of a given decision. And you yourself have also been in the position of being the decision maker for a number of hard issues. And that's very different, I think, than a lot of lawyers that can spend their entire careers in issue spotting mode without having to advise a business or figure out the path forward on a hard issue. 
How do you go about making decisions or teeing up those options for decision makers? And how do you weigh the risks and rewards in any given situation? Well, you know, one of the challenges that anybody in a role like mine has or that I had in government too is what can you do yourself and what do you need to elevate? People that work for me have the same challenge, you know, what to raise to my attention. So part of that is learning your boss. Mm -hmm. If you're working with one attorney general, it might be different than working with another attorney general. One CEO might be different from another CEO. People have different ways of working, different levels of detail that they want to be in. And frankly, the bigger the role, the more judicious you have to be in deciding what to elevate and what just to handle. Balancing that out is a big part of the job. I can imagine. I'm sure that the experiences you've had have kind of built on each other. And I'm curious, as you've gone back and forth, blending both public service and the private sector experiences that you've had, how have those different experiences kind of informed each other and prepared you to take on the next challenge? Well, sometimes I feel like I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, but part of that is what I mentioned earlier about having had roles that involve a very diverse subject matter. You were distinguishing earlier between issue spotting and deciding. I issue spot. If I'm in a business meeting and they're talking about a strategy, that's what I'm doing. I'm issue spotting. Right. Hopefully I'm doing more than that and being more of a strategic advisor as well. But there's a lot of that. The broader your experience, the more able you are to do that. That's a great point, Rachel. Another thing that I found so interesting is the way that you have worked in leadership roles under three different administrations, which is pretty unique for folks who are serving in government or spending a long time in DC. What did you take away specifically from your government service that has helped you in your role at Walmart? I mean, I think you've touched on some of those elements already, but curious whether the government service might have played a unique role in preparing you for some of your private sector experiences. It's very relevant for any chief legal officer of any major company because issue spotting involves understanding what regulators might care about and ensuring that you get ahead of any legal risks for the company from a regulatory and enforcement perspective. And so having been in government is not necessary to be able to spot those risks, but it is very helpful. So having had exposure to a wide range of issues at DOJ and elsewhere is just helpful in spotting a wide range of risks. So you'll see a lot of GCs or chief legal officers who have had government experience somewhere in their background. Yeah, that makes sense. I think particularly your role as associate attorney general, I mean, the portfolio there is just so incredibly broad. And I assume that has a lot of really direct relevance to some of the core legal issues that you and your team tackle on a daily basis. What about the global elements of your role at Walmart? Was there anything in your prior government experience or private sector experience that lent itself well to that position? Was there a learning curve there? I think that's another pretty interesting angle of your current role. Yeah, the way we're structured is that we have stores in quite a few countries around the world. Then, of course, we've got other operations like supply chain in various countries. All the lawyers around the world report up to me and all the compliance people report up to me. And that's for good governance. So there's a little bit of independence between the lawyers and the compliance associates in a particular market from the business. So they ultimately roll up to me. But do I know anything about South African securities law? No, I don't. (laughs) But we have stores in South Africa. Our South African subsidiary is a publicly traded company in South Africa on their stock exchange. So that's why you have to surround yourselves with experts because I'm never going to be an expert in that. And I really shouldn't. You know, I can't be an expert in everything. You have to build an expert team around you. But that's been a big part of the learning, which makes it really interesting. You touch on issue spotting and how you do play that role in a number of capacities. And 
this seems like one area where knowing what the right questions to ask are is really, really important. And that seems like something that probably only comes with experience. And I can see why having the right people around you would be really, really valuable there. And look, I'm better at that now than I was when I started the job. It's a constant learning experience. That sounds like probably what makes the job a lot of fun too, though. Yeah, definitely. Just to flip the question around a little bit, are there things that you have learned at Walmart that you think would have been really beneficial in your roles in government or things that you would advise younger attorneys who are going into government service to take into account as they're entering those roles? Well, there are things that I wish I had known both in private practice and I suppose in the government. And it's really how a company thinks and operates. I will say even for lawyers at Wilmer Hale, if you're a litigator, for example, it's really important to understand the implications of that litigation, not just for whether or not you win the case or whether or not you have to pay out some amount of money after a judgment, but for disclosure obligations, whether you have to disclose it publicly, whether you have to put it in your SEC filings, whether it could result in other follow-on litigation like shareholder derivative suits and things like that. In my experience, there aren't that many lawyers who really understand all of that. Some of it relates to accounting. I didn't know anything about this before I joined Walmart, honestly. And so it's getting to know your client, getting to know all of the issues that they have to consider as they're handling the matter that you're helping them with. You make a really interesting point about understanding the business side of things. Are there ways in which lawyers at firms or in-house lawyers can be better educated about the business side here? And especially as we're advising clients on the risks involved in particular ventures or transactions or new products, how did you go about learning about the business side of things? And are there ways that you would advise lawyers to kind of get smarter on those issues aside from getting an MBA in all of our free time. Yeah, look, this is another area where it's a constant learning experience. Business is constantly evolving, and that's true of every company that's going to be successful is you have to constantly be evolving with the world and with what your customers want and with the competitive market, with regulatory expectations and so forth. That was another part of the steep learning curve is sort of getting around and learning all those parts of the business. You have to take a lot of time to get to know people. You have to get out in the field and visit facilities. You know, I do that even now. I was just with the Sam's Club CEO, and I learned a lot in that day. I mean, much of it is not particularly relevant to my day job necessarily, except for in general, you need to understand what the business is trying to achieve and what their challenges are, because eventually that piece of information that might seem random right now is going to come in useful in some future conversations. So it's really it's just kind of osmosis of understanding what's going on. It's hard to do that as an outside lawyer. When you've worked with a company for a long time, you start to learn their business. I would encourage lawyers in private practice to understand that understanding the business is part of your job. You're going to be better at your job if you understand the business. So whether it's just looking at the website and reading up or whether it's talking to your client about what the business strategy is or however you can do it, that will make you much better as an advisor, certainly, but even I think better as a litigator or other areas of practice. That's a great point. I love that. And I love the idea of learning through being on site as well. As an investigations lawyer, I find that our fact development moves along much faster when we're on site and co-located with our clients. So I think that's interesting that that's played such a role for you as well. And you know, Alyssa, you're saying that reminds me that I don't want to leave anybody out, but I, I have a very big team called Global Investigations, which handles internal investigations and also deals with government investigations and as a really impressive analytics center that helps with crimes against our business, but also helps with some of our compliance. A lot of former prosecutors and a lot of former law enforcement agencies, state, local, and federal as well. If you were representing me on something, Alyssa, that's probably who you would be working with. 
That's fascinating. I've always been really impressed with the caliber of attorney that you have working for you on your team and the range of prior experiences that are represented there, which I think is just really neat. I think that diversity of experiences and diversity of viewpoints has served you guys really, really well. How do you decide when you're going to hire an expert in a given issue and when you're going to look for outside advisors and when you're going to pair someone within your organization with someone outside of your organization? Yeah, it depends. Where I have a lot of expertise in-house, I typically don't need to hire outside counsel as much. And then there are just so many specialties where the issue comes up from time to time, but it doesn't come up often enough for it to make sense for me to hire an internal expert. And so we'll go to outside counsel for things like that. We use outside counsel for all of our litigation. We have a very large litigation portfolio. It's very diverse, as you can imagine. And I have a lot of in-house litigators, and they're good. But we don't have enough of them to actually handle the litigation. So they're not standing up in court, for example, just for volume purposes. We have to hire outside counsel for that. But my lawyers do a very good job of managing. What about the team that's advising you? What do you look for in the folks that are going to be in your inner circle, helping you think through these issues and the folks that are going to report directly to you? Competence and I highly value candor. My organization is called Global Governance. That's what we call people that work for me at Walmart includes all the different verticals I mentioned. And culture of candor is a term I came up with as a goal for my organization. So I don't want to surround myself with people who tell me what I want to hear. I don't want to surround myself with people who are always blowing smoke about how great everything is going because I know that it's not always going great. So that is really, really important to me. It's also important to the company because if you're not candid, if you're not looking at things with a critical eye, you're not going to spot risks and you're not going to well represent the company. So I want people who are good collegial colleagues, but people who also will say it like it is. I, I love that, especially when you think about what an impact the tone at the top has. I can only imagine how that is impacting your broader organization. That's great. You have bounced around in so many different places during your career. You've done so many interesting things. What would you tell younger lawyers who are just starting their careers and want to be in D.C. or don't know if they want to be in D.C. or at a firm or in government and looking at in-house opportunities as well. What would you advise the younger folks who are listening to us? You know, look, everybody is going to have a different path. If you're going to be one of these specialists I mentioned, then you have to pursue that. You know, it's too late for me to be an antitrust expert. You know, <laughs> That's why I have those people on my team. And thank goodness. But I would say for specialists or for generalists, being open to opportunities that you didn't think you would ever consider is really important. Most of the things I've done in my career are things that just kind of came up. After I got done clerking at the court, I knew I wanted to go back into government, but I never considered going to the Office of Legal Policy at DOJ. I didn't really think I was that interested in it because I didn't think it would be that applicable in private practice later. But they reached out to me and I went and did it and it turned out to be an amazing experience. I loved every minute. I had the good fortune of being there during a couple of Supreme Court confirmations that I ran that process and it was just a great experience. I didn't look for the job at Walmart. It came to me. I never thought I'd move to Arkansas. I never thought I'd do anything like this, but it's been a tremendous experience. And even the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board, I never thought I'd do that. It's being open to things that were not in the normal career path has actually worked out really well for me. And it just made it really interesting along the way. Yeah, I love how you've been able to do so many different things and you've been available to jump on some really interesting opportunities when they arose. How do you know when it's time to leave D.C.? Is there a point at which folks should be looking for opportunities outside of the Beltway? 
Not necessarily, but if you want to be in-house, you have to be open to other geographies. That is maybe a little less true than it was in the past because, you know, some companies are going remote and so forth. DC has some companies headquartered there, but most are headquartered somewhere else and being willing to move. If you're in the business world, standard operating procedure, people move around all the time for jobs. It seems like lawyers are a little less used to that, a little less open to it sometimes. But if you want to advance, you have to be open to it in-house anyway. Well, that's so interesting. And I hope obviously we do have a number of younger lawyers that tend to listen to this podcast, and I hope they'll be fortunate enough to hear your advice. I think it's really helpful for folks who are starting out, and I've been blessed to be the recipient of your advice over the years, and I'm grateful for all of your mentorship, Rachel. Frankly, I don't know how you accomplish everything you do in the 24 hours of the day. Maybe there are extra hours in the day down in Bentonville, but I wish. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do some other things as well. Is there anything kind of outside of your day-to-day that you are passionate about or that is interesting to you? I like to make time for nonprofit engagements. It can be hard to find the time. When I was still in DC, I did various things, but one of them was I was on the board of a nonprofit in Arlington, Virginia called Doorways for Women and Families. So for those of you who are in DC, you should look it up. It's a really, really fantastic organization that operates a family homeless shelter and a domestic violence safe house and also provides all the wraparound services for folks that are getting back on their feet. It's really, really great. I had to resign from all my nonprofit engagements when I went to DOJ, but then when I moved down to Bentonville, I've now joined the board of an international organization called the International Justice Mission, also a nonprofit. It's focused on rescuing people from violence around the world. It originated focusing specifically on rescuing people from human trafficking, from slavery, and it still does that around the world, India and elsewhere. And it's just the stories, the work that they do is just inspiring. So it's a real honor to serve on their board now. That's great. I'm familiar with the organization. I think they do fantastic work, and I'm so glad that they get the benefit of your expertise and strategic guidance. Rachel, thank you so much for taking the time. I've enjoyed catching up and hearing about your new role. I'm happy to do it, and I should just give a little shout out to Wilmer Hale. Walmart uses the firm as outside counsel, and we really, really value your counsel. David Ogden is probably my closest advisor at Wilmer, but we've used Brian Mahana, Ben Powell, a variety of other lawyers at the firm, and really, really appreciate your good work. I know the feeling is mutual. We always enjoy working with you guys. Good to see you, and thanks for being here. Take care. Wow, that's a fascinating career. We're honored that Rachel took the time to share with us some insights that she's acquired over the years. And that's it for this episode of In the Public Interest. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcasts and share us with a friend.